It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Uh, good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live, the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get ready to uh, gear up for Saturday's game uh, up at Berry, along with a couple of other discussion points is uh, Mr Tom Wally. How are you doing Tom? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, cold? Got a hat on? <laughs> just Mr Beanie Man. Just take yeah. it off. We're, we're, me and Dave are very curious as to what's going on under that hat. And, yeah, uh, I reckon he's yeah, dying. I reckon yeah. he's got a Ricky Holmes hairstyle in, like, in tribute well, <laughs> on to, the way. Off to Sheffield with you, right? So, that, Tom. That, that hairstyle. <laughs> uh, and uh, the other voice you can hear there is Mr. Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Living the dream. Are you back to living the dream? Living the dream, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, back? I was going to say, what's you up in the last week? Well, look, looking at Blooming Cold today, I think there's a lot of people worse off than me anyway. But yeah, I, feel, <laughs> I, feel, I don't feel too bad. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Well, on tonight's show, uh, we will get the latest on the takeover from Mr. Rick Everett, the Airman Brown on Twitter, the voice of the Valley editor. I spoke to him about an hour ago to find out what he knows about the takeover. He is generally the man who knows uh, most things. So we'll hear what he has to say. Uh, we'll talk about the potential departures of uh, Ricky Holmes and now Esri Konza as well. He's been rumoured to uh, be going to Everton in a £4 million deal, according to Richard Corley. Uh, we're going to look back at Tuesday's uh, Checker Trade Trophy disaster exit it's the dream is over once again lads uh and then of course look ahead to uh saturday's game with berry now first things first uh as per always there's speculation rife about the takeover uh it was reported in the daily record scottish newspaper that alex mcleish uh and his mate donald muir uh have been spotted at the valley last couple of games and that they are part of a potential consortium one of many consortiums it turns out to who who may be trying to get their hands on the addict so i spoke to voice of the valley editor rick everett very well connected certainly knows his onions on this sort of stuff joined on the phone now by the voice of the valley editor rick everett good evening rick how you doing and uh, the reason uh, we've got you on the phone is because you're always the man to go to when it comes for to take over updates. And uh, you released uh, the latest one on your on your website yesterday. Uh, so I thought I'd, I'd pick you up on a, a few of those bits and find out what you can tell us here on Charlton Live tonight. Now, first of all, of course, um, those eagle-eyed amongst us would have spotted that Alex McLeish has, has been at the last couple of games, along with his uh, companion Donald Muir. A uh, couple of Scottish guys, and it was the, uh, the 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 Daily Record up in Scotland who reported uh, on the, on their back page on Wednesday morning that those two may be involved in some sort of bid uh, to take over here at the Valley. And what, what can you tell us about those two? Well, um, I, I was interested to see them in the director's box on Saturday, and uh, of course it was my picture that the Daily Record kindly used on their back page, although they didn't attribute it. So that obviously got everybody talking. I think the significance significant fact is that uh, McLeish was there again on, on Tuesday night. I mean, there's no way that McLeish was casually dropping in to watch a check-and-trade trophy match against uh, Oxford United. So it, it's clear that there is something significant 
going on there. The other, the other interesting thing which I did manage to uncover with the help of uh, one of my friends is that um, Donald Muir, although he is best known um, as a former director of, of Rangers, was in fact a regular at the Valley in the early 2000s um, and was a bit of a Charlton supporter in that time when he was living in London. So there's a connection there which may or may not amount to anything but might be a bit of an explanation as to why he's involved. And with the two of them, I mean, do you, do you think they'd be more likely to be fronting a bid for someone else? I think it's highly unlikely that they've personally got the money to um, mount the takeover bid for Charlton. So it doesn't answer the question of, of who the money is behind their interest. But clearly they have got somebody or several people with a substantial amount of money um, who, are, who are looking to get involved with the club. Now, we don't know who that is. And, and as all along with this story, we've got bits and pieces of the jigsaw, but we don't have the full picture. And I'm sure that uh, the very few people who have got the full picture are sort of t- slightly tearing the hair out and saying, this is all rubbish that they're saying. But obviously, <laughs> we can only report what we, what we see and what we know. And I think we can say at this stage that McLeish and um, uh, Donald Muir are an interested part, one of the interested parties, but probably one of several. Mm. And obviously, immediately when when these names came out, people went 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 to googling to find out what information they could find. And obviously, Alex McLeish is reasonably well known within football. But Donald Muir, uh, he had his spell on on the Rangers board, and he didn't seem very popular with the Rangers supporters. Now, do, do you think that would affect anything if he was to be involved with anything at the Valley? Um, he, he's clearly got a track record of turning around businesses, and in the case of Rangers, you know, it seems he was put on the board by the bank, and his job was to was to get the level of debt down. So I don't think that was something that was ever likely to be popular with supporters. But I think we've got to bear in mind that, Charles, you're not going to be able to repay the amount of debt which has been racked up by Roman de Chasselet by cutting costs. Uh, there's nothing left to cut. The only thing that you can cut is players' wages. Um, and if you did that, then you're going to see revenue not arriving as well because the team will be falling through the division. So I'm not too worried about, about that. He does seem like an astute guy um, who could provide some proper leadership within the business from what I've read about him. And as I say, he's got this Charlton history, we think. Um, so I'm not going to... I wouldn't be out there too worried about what he's done in the past. I think that whoever comes in, we've got to judge them on their merits when they arrive at Charlton. It was interesting today as well that Carl Robinson revealed that him and Alex McLeish share the same agent as well, so he may have some sort of inside track on that one. Well, football's always a very small world, and of course that's one of the reasons why lots of things leak. <laughs> of course. Now, uh, it's just a massive coincidence, really, that Donald Muir say, uh, shares the same surname as uh, as the Australians, <laughs> Andrew Andrew Muir, who's who's been linked with uh, with, with Charlton as well. I mean, do, do you know anything about his involvement? Is he is he still looking to try and get involved with the club? Well, I understand that the Australians are still around. I mean, there's a lot of confusion around that issue as well. Um, how far Andrew Muir is connected to the AFC interest, which was um, introduced by the Daily, by the Mail website, I think, back in April, was the first reported interested party. I mean, you would assume that it's not a coincidence that all these people are Australians, <laughs> um, but we've not found any connection between Andrew and Donald Muir so far, but nothing would surprise me. <laughs> And, and uh, on the, on Tuesday night, uh, you, you put this on the forum, and uh, it, it tied in with something I heard as well on Tuesday night, and, and uh, in the end, ended up with us taking photos of the director's box to see if we could work out who was in there. Uh, we heard that some Australians were at the Valley on Tuesday as well. Yes, I've heard that, but I've also understood that they left before the match. So perhaps they weren't so keen to be seen on the director's box, as apparently um, Alex McLeish was. 
And did you we have... don't know anymore. We don't really know anymore at this stage. There were Australians there, but it does seem slightly odd that there would be Australians in the building and then that they left before the game if they weren't there for some business purpose. Interesting. And uh, finally, as, as well, in, in your piece that you released yesterday, you, you named the uh, Australian Greek guy Leonardis Gardikiotis, of, uh, <laughs> who went through due diligence uh, back in uh, October and November. Uh, what, what do you know about him? Yeah, it's quite amusing, really, that he's been referred to a number of times on message boards. I've seen the Greek Australian, and I think it wasn't just um, it wasn't just people didn't want to name him for revealing his identity. I've seen people were a bit nervous about making <laughs> his name right. Um, but um, we, we've been aware of, of his identity um, pretty much from the beginning about this due diligence. But it's a bit of a dead end because although he's got um, he's got a pretty considerable professional background in football, he played professionally in Greece and Australia, and he's also coached at national team As you say, there's so many pieces of the jigsaw out there. I mean, do you think, and I think this is probably fans' biggest concern at the moment, do you think these pieces are going to be put together before the end of January? Well, I think the transfer window is obviously um, critical to what's going on, or certainly to the game that's being played here, because I think Roland de Chatelet wants as many bidders at the table as possible to try and push the price up. Um, and I think it's fair to assume that he's trying to play one party off against another. But that deadline at the end of January is also a critical factor because once it's passed and people can't add to the team this season, you're pretty much writing off um, the current campaign if it, if it hasn't been written off already by supporters. Um, at the moment, you think they've got, an, they've got an outside chance of getting in the playoffs, but not much better than that. Now, um, I don't think that will prevent the club being taken over, but what it does worry, and will worry most people, I think, is where is this season heading? Um, particularly if we see players go out the door and we don't see replacements come in. And uh, so I guess overall, I mean, are you are you feeling positive about the fact that a change of ownership might happen before the end of January, though? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a big question. I, I would I would like to make any predictions about that, but I, I think we are heading towards the conclusion of this horrible story. I think Duchatelet will be gone sooner rather than later, you know. And I'm going to be optimistic about whoever comes in. Um, and I don't think I don't think it's wise for fans to try and uh, make judgments about who they want to take over because the truth is we're not going to know who these people are and we'll probably never know who some of them were. Um, we'll just have to wait and see who comes in and judge them on what they do. And I'd be really wary of some of the stories which are going around because I think um, individual parties have got an interest in basically rubbishing other parties. So I think we've got to we've got to wait and see how it plays out. But I think it will be done in the near future. In the near future, that's nice and vague, isn't it? And I think you have to be in these these day and age because it's 
Uh, it's still it's still sort of up in the air, isn't it? So many different parties involved, and now the revelation this week. We've seen Alex McLeish and Donald Muir in in the stand at the, uh, a couple of games now, the Oldham League game and and the Oxford Checker Trade game. So it does feel like things are starting to move forward, just in in, case, in terms of names are coming out now, and we're just getting a little bit further along that line. Yeah, I think I think the process is happening. It's just we're not really sure what stage it's at and who the people are and. I guess with a lot of things like this, you don't until it actually happens. But what's frustrating is that we seem to be getting leaked little bits and pieces here and there. Stories and, you know, people on Twitter and newspapers and all sorts of then jumping on that and jumping to conclusions and things are getting posted. And the truth is, as as he said there, we're, we're not really sure who's who's in the lead, who are the people that are closest, what if due diligence is being done what stage it's at who well, for no, yeah. yeah so there's so much that's up in the air and all of this is happening during probably the most important month of our season where we need to be able to bring players in we're being told we're not going to have funds to bring players in and partly we suggested perhaps last week that was down to the fact that we wouldn't be able to because of the takeover and yet now we're seeing stories about players leaving and still we're not sure if there's money coming in so the whole thing is just after what started as such a, a positive season, despite the fact that the regime was still in charge, is just going the way that recent seasons have, and everyone's losing patience and, and getting angry. Do you make Nathan of the of the sightings of those two Scottish fellas, Alex <coughs> McLeish and Donald Muir at the Valley? I mean, yeah, it, as Rick said, there it's more likely they wouldn't have the funds themselves to take over the club. They'd be they'd be fronting for someone else. But I mean, I mean Alex McLeish has got a fair bit of football experience, and uh, Donald Muir was on the board at Rangers. He wasn't entirely popular with the Rangers supporters, but he went in to do quite a specific job for Lloyd's Bank. So I guess that's why he wouldn't be. He probably didn't have Rangers at the at the top of his uh, thoughts when he went there. Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was a face I didn't expect to see down there, but. Uh, as you said, they're only obviously fronting for someone else. Makes sense that obviously Donald um, is probably looking more at the financial side of it, the health, the health of the of the business, if you call it that. And obviously uh, Alex is probably looking more towards on the prospects and not on the squad and how he thinks we could probably go for this Mister or Mrs. Person in the background. But um, it's got to a stage now. <clears throat> I'm not getting too bothered who's in the stand to be honest I just want it to get done now it's just dragging and um, we're in a we're in a situation where I can really see us fizzling out and ending up mid-table which is a shame because we started so well and the injuries have been a part of course they have but it's just getting to a stage now I just want it done now I'm fed up with just seeing who's there I don't really care who's in the ground <laughs> I just want it done I guess whenever there's a takeover at any club, you always expect there to be a little bit of a distraction. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, even the, I mean, this is just the way it was always going to end with Roland, wasn't it? It's just dragging out. It's really painful. It's come at the worst possible time. It's costing us, you know, a January transfer window where if the new owner was already in by now, we might be able to go and just get those extra recruitments that might be able to push us up. And it's just, just, it's just the way it's happening. It's like. You're really eager for it to happen as soon as possible. Yeah, and the fact it is still early to mid-January, there's still that tiny bit of hope that something could happen. It, once we get to the end of January, at least we can say, right, well, signings aren't happening. Now we probably have to write the season off and look forward to the end of the season. Now, I've already said on this show that I think we probably have to write this season off anyway, in, certainly in terms of investing in the squad. The fact that we won last week, the fact that you know, if we win this week, there's a chance we could even creep back into the playoffs. Okay, maybe that changes things. But I think if we were to finish in the top six now, 
given the injuries and given the lack of investment, it'd be such an amazing achievement. If you'd asked me in November, I would have said, well, I expect to make playoffs because we had a, a fitter squad and we still had January on the horizon. But now it'd be an, an absolute miracle to do it. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm like everyone else. I, I go on Twitter and obviously refresh it, half hoping to see that something's happened, but m- mainly <coughs> thinking there's going to be 20 people posting 20 different rumours, none of which seem to hold much weight and we're not getting any further. Everyone's fed up. Everyone just wants him gone and, and no one really knows how far it's moving on. And it's funny, like you say, rumours. So so rumours went about the, uh, the the ground on Tuesday. I heard a rumour about these Australians being mm. here and obviously Rick heard the same rumour. But then, like I say, we concentrated on the director's box. Didn't see anyone who stood out as being... No, no... Know, kangaroos with a no, no one stood out as possibly being those people and then for example there was that photo that went around on twitter uh where the uh it was at, i think it was absolutely international station and basically what it was it was one of the club's drivers i think bob uh and then two people in suits who i understand work for roland uh in, in a financial sense so they are here to possibly to work with david joyce uh to do something you know in that sort of sphere so it may be important it may not because obviously David Joyce is leaving at some point in within the next three months I think he's working out his notes so you do see but it is as, as at the same time as being a bit frustrating there is a lot of excitement that everyone's jumping on everything and sometimes things get blown out of proportion on Twitter uh, some you know sometimes they don't it, it is ahead of a lot of false stuff flies around yeah. the stateless fact as well mm. oh yeah and then I said on Twitter the other day don't believe everything you read because um you're going to have people that will try and they'll obviously mix, they'll get a story and then mix it or they'll try and put it in a different light and it as much as it's fun for some people I think sometimes it can cloud the cloud the fact of what's actually going on so I just, just try and sit tight and then hopefully um the good news will come sooner rather than later but um yeah so I've not I've personally I've tried to refrain from getting too involved with um rumours on takeover stuff because um, we've been there down the road before when we all get excited and then uh, never happens but one thing I do notice why do we why does he have to sell it now why aren't he selling it in September why is it always, <laughs> why is it always a January transfer window where it's like a rush Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe he's misunderstood. Like the gen- maybe genuinely thinks you have That's to do the end it. Of the season. The you, have to, you have to sell the club in the transfer. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not an expert on football, is he? Maybe he's got those things mixed up again. It baffles me. Really yeah. baffles me. Yeah, the timing uh, certainly couldn't have been much worse, really. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Life. We'll be back in a few moments' time to talk about some players leaving. Free. Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here, the big match preview on Maritime Radio. Live on a Thursday evening or uh, downloaded as a podcast from Acast or iTunes or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. I uh, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, uh, there's been uh, plenty of rumours throughout the week. It's interesting really because I, mean, I think we sort of had this conversation on Sunday and I, I, I just sort of thought, nah, surely not. But the, the rumours started going around on Saturday about Rookie Holmes and like I so said on Sunday I thought surely that would mess around with due diligence and but I guess if you sell a player then that's you can just change your asking price I mean however it works I'm, I'm not a business expert but it is possible um, and so now the Ricky Holmes rumours started to pick up a little bit 
more pace. And now we spoke to uh, we, we we spoke to Carl Robertson on Tuesday night about this, um, and he certainly didn't make any promises that that Rick is likely to stay, did he? No, no. Um, and he's kind of elaborated on that today as well. Um, the story seems to be that Ricky wants to leave. Um, although we've seen another story, or rather Carl said he's happy here, but look, I wouldn't blame him. He's um, He signed that contract in the summer and, and I'm pleased he did. Um, he's, for me, given 100% every single time he's played. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he's looked particularly happy the last the last few weeks. And as I say, who could blame him? He's, you know, he's, he's getting on in footballer terms. Um, and if he's got one last shot at, Championship uh, or Premier League, depending who, who's looking at him, I, I doubt it's a Premier League club. Um, with the greatest respect to Ricky, then why why shouldn't he go for it? Um, and I think if he does go, it's just going to add fuel to the fire of the the anger that's going around at the moment about everything. Because obviously, I think Roland did this at Standard as well, and it's a case of that, like Nafe said, why couldn't he have just sold? If he could have just sold and gone off and got new people in, it would have been different. But no, not only are we having this drawn, long drawn out sale process but he's also getting rid of players at the same time and uh, it's just in danger of, of the club falling apart again just before he leaves and making the new owner's job ten times harder but um, as I say if if it's true and if it if he does go then I, I don't blame him at all. So let's have a look at how this story progressed during the week. So this is what Carl had to say on Tuesday uh, with regards to players leaving and of course Ricky Hose was mentioned. In terms of players potentially going out is, can you go? Are you able, are you in a position to guarantee or say whether there's any likelihood of anybody going? No. You're not. And with Ricky, with Ricky, obviously, he signed because of the ambition to get out of the out of the league. What, what about his future? Um, I think there's obviously just as well documented. I think you, you look at some teams that think they can get in the Premier League next season. That that, that could be it. So things may change from that perspective. This neither thing is out of our control. Um but now we've not had no bids, so it's not as if like we're sat here fending off bids. What about what about Ricky? Has he indicated how he feels about things or not? Um listen we had a game today, so with all due respect the game, I'll speak to Ricky tomorrow and, and ask him what his thoughts are and what's going on obviously. But yesterday we were, we were in match mode. We played today. Um, he was on the bench today. Um, and we'll have a conversation with him tomorrow. In terms of that, in terms of potential outgoings, going back to that, you say you can't say. Didn't, th- didn't think you'd leave that alone. Did you? Do you, do you think there is? Um, do you think there's a likelihood that you will lose players? Um, From an already small squad or not? Yeah, I think you've got good players. It's always it's always that unpredictability. Obviously, everything's going on as well. There's unpredictability around the place, but. It's um, it, it is what it is. But we can't really speculate over no spec over nothing to speculate yeah. over right now. Yeah. Um, once I have a conversation with Ricky, um, I will ask him what his thoughts are and what really he if it is this is something we've not had no contact. Yeah. So, I, I just think it's one of them ones. I think if one of the big things is if he does go, you've got to replace him at least two players. Yeah. But that's I'm just talking to you as if the question you've been asked yeah, to me. It's yeah. not something that really yeah. I don't read many things. So the other first thing coming to me, there's only be obvious interest in an awful lot of them. Um, we just have to wait and see what interest that is, and with all due respect, what we can re- what we we can replace them with. If, if a player goes out, does that mean that that money that comes in for that player would be available to you? Um, listen, I've always worked. I've never I've never really gone out and spent any money, even since the time I've been here. 
probably the lowest spender manager you've had in the last probably 10 years in some ways. Um, if you're counting windows, we have a conversation before. Um, shocked you and all that. Um, it was a, uh, it's something that I've always had to do. I've got to sort of, if I've got to do it in relation to players that we can bring in and out, well, that's what we have to look to do and see if we can improve the team. We're in a great position. What a great position we're in as well, and, uh, and we can't let this season slip. You work so hard to put ourselves in this predicament. It, it it can't be a drain on people again. It's got to be something that makes it kicks us forward. So that was Carl talking about potential outgoings on Tuesday night, so after the checker trade game against Oxford. Um, I mean, are you surprised to hear that? So, so like we said, all, we, all, all this we said about on uh, on Sunday, so we thought, well, surely, surely not, especially with no one coming in now. Were, were you surprised to hear that now it looks like Ricky and, and Rich, Rich Corley has just told you that Esri Konza may well be off in this window? Um... <clears throat> Ez, not so much, because I think there was always that um, that in the background that was always happening. I know he's been, been watched quite a few times this year, obviously. But Ricky, uh, it was a surprise that they've come back in, considering the price tag, um, the support, the uh, proposed price tag, apparently, that we put on his head. But at the end of the day, like Tom said, Ricky's not a nipper. You know, he's not 19. He's, he's, if he gets a chance... Um, to play a, a club who's maybe pushing for promotion, then maybe this is his sort of last his last go at it. But uh, like Tom said, he'll give his all. He's won us many games. He's got us loads of points. Done so much. He puts hundred and ten percent in. And um, yeah, I, I, I can't fault I can't I can't fault him at all. And everyone will know he's an honest guy and. He's well, probably you, deserved do you, it. But do you think his performances are tailed off recently? They, they, yeah, I think they have. But I think I think it'll be harsh to just say it's Ricky's performances because I think mm, as you everyone's. look at the whole team it's not like we've been playing really well and he's been inconsistent you know I think I think, in my opinion Marshall hasn't lived up to expectations in my opinion but I think the whole the whole squad has tailed off due to obvious reasons but I, I, I find it unfair if we if people started putting that towards putting it on his doorstep there but yeah it, it, it is a, in a way it is a surprise to me that he's been linked away, but like Carl said, we've not received a bid yet. So you know, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United have bought who you know people are linking in with. You know, they bought Ryan Leonard, they've bought Lee Evans, they've 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 got a lot of players. They might not need him anymore. We don't know. So it's all hearsay at the moment. Yeah, but I'm, so. I'm certain there's more to it. And, and, and mm. like I say, I think Richard sort of <laughs> reported earlier. Uh, this afternoon, that, that he feels that that, uh, that that Ricky certainly wants to leave. Um, uh, listen, we had a couple of tweets in on the subject actually. London Inet Giza says Holmes and whoever whoever else wants to leave my club can go. No loyalty at all. Hashtag dead to me. Now we uh, know support the team, not the regime. Mantra is rubbish. Neither deserve our support. Shameful. Neither most of the players nor the regime care about the club and then Valley Voice just tweeted in with respect to Ricky Holmes would love to see him stay be as a family to consider saying uh, that one man does not make a team although it feels like it at times so that's what so that's what the the tweets say so so obviously now that was Tuesday the first clip now the story's progressed as the week's gone on uh, and, and like I say it went from we uh, on Tuesday Richard was sort of reporting that we think he might want to leave and to, today he's reporting he does want to leave the new shop also ran a report based on what Carl Robinson said during press day today I, I think that's in this clip coming up where he said that yeah, Ricky's perfectly happy at the club but if a, I think it's basically you know if, if a 
this other option becomes available, then he's got to do what's right by him and his family. And I, I saw some people sort of saying, oh, that's two separate stories. Those two stories can quite easily exist alongside each other. He could, you know, behind what the manager says in a press conference and what sources tell you behind the scenes, it's often two very different things. Uh, and that's why those two stories have come out. And like I say, Ricky can be, I'm perfectly happy in my day job, but if, you know, Barcelona come and ask me to come play for him, I'd probably move. It's that sort of stuff. <laughs> Not saying that uh, Barcelona are in for Ricky Holmes. But anyway, so let's, let's, hear what, let's hear what Carl Robinson had to say today about the Ricky Holmes situation. So you're in no position to say whether fans' favourite Ricky Holmes will be moving in this window? There's no smoke without fire. <laughs> We're not stupid, not stupid on that. Um, but I think the whole, the whole crux of the matter would be, I think you have to make sure that something's going to come in if that ever, was ever to materialise. Um, and it depends on what club it is. Um, and, and, and the motive as well with everybody so I can't really give you a a definitive answer I can give you a calculated assessment of of what I feel ok we'll settle for that <laughs> I think that if something if, if the contract for Ricky is of something that he feels is right for his family and this is uh, by the way, me and Ricky have got one of the best relationships I've ever had with a player. I think you all know that, how much we get on. We managed to secure him in the summer. Um, if the opportunity to play in the Premier League, top of the Championship, is that on the, at the fingertips? You, you, don't, you don't know what the clubs or who the clubs may quite be yet. Um, but, but what I won't do, we just sell a player just for money. I'm sticking to my guns on that. I will need something back in replacement immediately and then we will want to use the money to strengthen the squad. And that's my whole crux of the conversation and I need to be trusted with that. I'm not trusted but I'm not the person for the job. But chance supporters will say, well, hang on a minute, this guy signed a long-term contract in the summer. 100%. And he signed the contract and he paid his dues. He scored a lot of goals and he put us where we maybe... He put us third in the league... When we had everyone flying, he was he was sensational. So he did what he said he'd do. Um, but you just listen. Ricky's still motivated, regardless. We've we've had many conversations yesterday over the phone. So it's not like this is something that is going to affect him. So, but but at the same time, it's, it, it needs to be answered sooner rather than later. You can't play with people's life. You can't. It's, it's at the end of the day he's got he's got a young daughter who's an absolute credit to him. She's a lovely young girl. And uh, she comes in every now and then he and so I've got to know her quite well over recent weeks and months. And that's his soul aim. And uh, but by saying that he loves being part of the Charlton family. And and that and that is something that that has been very difficult for him as well. So we 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 plan for Barry and that's really until I get told otherwise, until I get relieved of my job or until I get told to, to stop talking. Um, and we we soldier on. That's what Carl had to say today uh, about Ricky Holmes. I mean, so, I mean, certainly he said there's no smoke without fire. There's, there's definitely something going on. Interestingly, he mentioned as well that uh, he wouldn't sell a player only for money. He said he'd want, he said he'd want someone immediately... Uh, and then to spend some money. So uh, uh, I just wonder if that links to something like Samir Carruthers, a player we've been linked with before mm. at Sheffield United, who hasn't played there much this season. 
uh, and and money, which is uh, something I've seen a couple of people suggest. You know, whether there's anything uh, behind that, I don't know. In uh, so interesting, and, and it sounds like it's a very real uh, possibility we're going to lose Ricky Holmes in this window. Now, also a very real possibility that we're going to lose Esri Conza, the South London Press sports editor Richard Corley, tweeting uh, a, a story this afternoon. Uh, Charlie defender Esri Conza is set to make a four million pound move to Everton. The Toffees. Uh, were admirers in the summer, but the deal didn't happen. But the South London Press understands that Konza uh, is uh, is set to get his top flight switch in this window. Now, I mean, again, if we lose the player and we don't replace him, I mean, where's that four million pounds going to go? I mean, I mean, I can guess, yeah. but I mean, how that affects any takeover? I mean, that's up for the new owners to negotiate and and to talk about. But I mean, it's purely in terms of squad, if we lose Ezri Konza. Then we we lose another very important body in our team. Yeah, yeah, and um, I know we've got injuries in the the number ten and the wing places at the moment, but we have at least got some cover there. If he goes, we haven't really at all. And it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I don't know. We're now looking at a scenario potentially where we could end January without Ricky, without Esri, and with nobody in. And if that's the case, not only are we going to finish mid-table, we're going to plummet down this, this league. If, and it's a, a massive, massive if, but Rich seems to suggest that we would have some of that money to spend. Um, if we were able to do that, then then yeah, I would I would say that four mi- we could do a lot with four million in, in this window, but it's where that money goes. And, and I think precedent set, uh, especially with the sale going on, precedent at standardly age precedent with every other window we've had i think we can all agree that it's very unlikely we would get any of that money to spend yeah exactly <laughs> that's, that, that seems to be the case uh and we, i mean i mean like i say richard tweeted believe that would free up some money to add a player or two in this window Conza switched agents after the summer window when he was expected to move well now i mean i asked in the first clip we heard from carl that if players moved on would that give you money because i mean if we're working to a specific budget right now but then you sold someone for four million pounds, and you'd assume that therefore the budget would go up by four million pounds. Like we say, that's not how it's worked over the last few years. But Carl did when I asked Carl about that on Tuesday, he did suggest, you know, that's how I've always operated. I have to sell players to get players. So possibility that we might get something. Yeah, I've, I, I could be wrong, but I'd be very surprised if we buy anyone. I can see loans coming in because because you don't have that burden. So for the next people that come in. You've not got that burden on them yeah. on your books, but then I, I don't really know in terms of how football finances work because obviously, if you sell Ricky, that reduces your value of the business, right? Yeah. But then if you get 
if you get someone else in at, at a permanent place, then your value will go up. But then, like, if you loan someone, that's just going to be an expense. You're not mm-hmm. going to have that as an asset. But so I don't really know how it works. But I'd be surprised if we buy anyone. I'd, I'd expect maybe two or three loans. I'd, I'd be amazed if we buy anyone this the, window. The other issue is, is let's say that Esri does go tomorrow. Four million goes in somewhere. Who does Carl go to to try and get that money to get players? Because Catrian's left. He says he's not talking to Roland directly. Mm. Has he got enough contact with Richard? Will Richard have the power to get that player in? It's all it's yeah. all so up in the air at the moment with so much going on that yes, we're suddenly as a club four million pound richer, but we're an asset down. And Carl access to that money is is not mm. easy. So would you have to? Would it, would it be a trio of like Chris Parks would do the admin side and mm. Richard doing going out and then David Joy's the financial yeah. bit? Would it be yeah. the three of them trying to do it? It's, it it's so, just, yeah. man, just it's making it such hard work for ourselves. Yeah. Right, Marcus emails in. Hi guys. Sunday I asked whether we could bring back our loan players. Seeing as we can't sign anyone this month, surely we need to bring these players back to the club. We are short on numbers and too short of uh, making the bench for Saturday. I mean, Currumson does mention later on that we're too. Potentially going to have uh, two players uh, get vacant on the bench. Uh, Jose, Vettikali and Hanlon need to return ASAP. Now, I mean, there, uh, we haven't got the clip because there, there's a hell of a lot of stuff that came out of the press day today. But very quickly on, on Nikia Jose, I mean, Carl said he's considered it, but he didn't. He said he considered it, but then he sort of, the way he said it sort of made him sort of like, I considered it and decided no, basically. <laughs> if anyone's seen it you'd know the sort of uh, I think I think we can all gauge from the response um, whether he'll be coming back or not uh, the, the response I got would uh, I don't, I can't see him coming back he's not really yeah. playing very much for Berry. yeah Berry um, played he scored, he scored during the checker trade yeah, yeah but I mean we, we all know that's a rubbish competition anyway yeah. don't want to talk about it but you see we, <laughs> we would have drawn the draw's just been made we would have been away to Chelsea Away to Chelsea? Yeah, under 21. Oh, right, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. I was, that's twice, Spurs and Chelsea in one year. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't see him coming back. But, I mean, if if it comes to the 31st of Jan and nothing's happened, I think Igor maybe. Hanlon, I'd leave out I don't think he's going to be any better than Rico and Carlin. So I, I, you might have to, because if, if Josh gets injured, this is the thing, if Josh gets injured, just to say he pulls his hamstring like everyone seems to be doing in the last three weeks, who are we going to play up front? Solly, shove him up there. <laughs> I mean, who are you going to is that Who are you going to part with? Well, it's, Fairchild or Carlin would be. But yeah, that's, it's, it's no, it's like it's, there, it's no experience. It's not the way that you know that Cole plays. You know, I, I, that's what concerns me. It's so not I the way think, a club should operate. Yeah, it's just madness. You'd have to, it's you'd so have stupid. to call back Igor. You'd have to, surely. Like, we should make that a jingle. It's not a way the club should operate. Play it every week. <laughs> right, let's have a quick break here on Chart Live. I'm going to play this jingle before we don't get to uh, do so anymore. Holmes to force Kasky. Holmes, Clark, lovely play. Clark brings the ball forward. He's got Holmes inside who he uses. Holmes, Holmes, Holmes. Holmes! Yes! What a goal! Ricky Holmes on his left foot, brought the ball forward, continue with it, and fires in the back of the net. Charlton have their second. Holmes against his former side. Now, the club were saddened to learn uh, of the death of a uh, former Charlton director, Craig Norris, 
Uh, earlier on in the week on Monday was uh, tweeted by his son uh, David Norris, who is very well known on Twitter. Noza, uh, really nice uh, kid. I've met him once before, but we interact a, a lot on Twitter. So I was, uh, whereas I didn't know his dad personally, uh, I was I was going for him because, like I say, he's a really, he's a really nice kid. Now, um, uh, Craig, Craig Norris, like I said, was a former director, was part of the the Valley Party, was uh, I think he was the chair of the Charlton Athletic Supporters Club, uh, and, and was elected to the board as well. And, uh, under the uh, Valley Investment Plan. Uh, so very well known to perhaps fans who are ever so slightly older than us. He was uh, ma- mainly active during like the, the 90s. So uh, again, I, sp- I was speaking to Rick earlier and, and Rick was a-, a good friend of Craig Norris's. Uh, so Rick wanted to say a few words. Craig yeah. is someone, that, uh, so funny enough, we, we went to the same school when I was three years older than me. And um, I just sort of, I was aware of him at school, but I can't say that he was a friend of mine, obviously. Um, and I got to know him through the Valley Party where he was a candidate in Bamberg Ward. Um, but really, his influence was exerted through the supporters club um, through the 1990s. He became the chair of the supporters club, um, and he was elected to the Charlton Board in 1995 as the second VIP director. Uh, but he was really important in two things. One, um, I think the, the planning of the Valley Investment Plan, which helped get Charlton back to the Valley. Um, and I think what that did was that cemented the credibility of supporters with the Charlton Board, with Richard Murray and Martin Simons. And then in 1994, he was the co-author with me of the Target 10,000 plan, which um, led to quite a lot of collaboration between the sports club and the club over, over uh, building up attendances after the return to the Valley. So those were two big things. But uh, you, you can't underestimate, really. Um, you can't overestimate, I should perhaps say, the, the, the significance of Craig's input because he was a, he was a real heavyweight, contributor to what went on in that period and I think he had the respect not just of his fellow supporters but of everyone at the club who met him um, because he, he really was a, a very clever bloke um, he had massive integrity and, and I think he's going to be a huge loss yeah, I guess there's plenty of Charlton fans sort of my my age and a bit younger who perhaps wouldn't have known you know these characters who were involved in, in the Valley Party and things like that but for you a, a close friend as well Absolutely, and, um, and to people like uh, Steve Clark, whose supporters may, may also know, was a, was a uh, VIP director and involved in the supporters club, and Jeremy Watkins, who was the supporters club's um, solicitor and treasurer, I think. Um, you know, big mates of Craig. Uh, Craig, absolutely central to everything that went on in the 1990s in the rebuilding of the club, from a supporters' perspective, obviously, because the directors were obviously playing a big part on the other side of the equation, but, uh, you know, and he's very much been around, he hasn't, he's never gone away, um, he's very, very active opponent of uh, the Dushasaway regime, a supporter of Card, uh, and also as an active opponent of him and Slater, uh, but of course what we have to remember most of all is that uh, this is a bloke who's died at the age of 57, you know, it's a terrible loss to his family, his two children, uh, David Norris, who's a, you know, familiar fight on, on Trump and Twitter, Threads, message boards is quite well known, um, you know, and, I, and I'm, we're all gutted for them as much as we are for the loss of our friend. So, so thanks to to Rick there for saying a, a few words to to Craig, and obviously we'd like to send our condolences. Uh, to the family, I say in particular to to David, who uh, you know, was, uh, he, he put a really touching thread up about his father on, on Twitter on, on Monday as well. 
and and you know showed how alike the two were. And he said he got everything everything he loves, like the like the likes of football and, and other stuff as well uh, through his dad. So I know this is going to be a very difficult time for David, and we send him uh, all our our very best wishes. Now uh, we got a tweet in from Pete Howarth about Ricky Holmes. It says it would be sad to see this guy go for obvious reasons, but referring to my previous tweet, if it's for the greater good, and we end this four year nightmare. I wish him well, and he's, he's saying in his in his previous tweet along the lines of if Roland ha- is, is going to sell these players just because he's leaving soon, then it's for the great good, and he's happy uh, for that to to happen. Right on uh, Tuesday night, we were here at the Valley, and this uh, in the checker trade. This is what happens. <laughs> a ball forward from Oxford that will be picked off by Hearn Grant on the left hand side he'll look to drive into Oxford's penalty area gets onto his right foot Hearn Grant will go for goal oh, what, a, what finish. a finish and Carl and Hearn Grant picked the ball up after a mistake by Oxford managed to get himself onto his right foot and fires into the far corner that's a lovely finish from Carlin. I said on the, in the build up that people like Carlin, you know use this as an opportunity and you're right, it was uh, Ryan Ledson who went to pass it all the way back across the Oxford half to his right back, Canice uh, Carroll, who massively overhit. Herngrad pounced on that and, and picked the ball up, but he was still far out. Um, anyone who saw Mavadidi's goal, he was out that side of the area uh, in front of the Jimmy Seed stand. Cut back on his right foot again, similar to Mavadidi, although a bit further out. And he's thundered a shot all the way across Scott Shearer um, and into the far corner, and the Addicts are 1 0 up. Here. Phillips to take the goal kick. It's long over the halfway line, uh, looking for either McGuinness or Hackett Fairchild, but Martin manages to get his head up instead. And now Wes Thomas all over the back of Dixdale, and he's got away from him here and broken into the penalty area. And Oxford have scored, and I wondered whether there was going to be a penalty because Dixdale was all over the back of him. But Wes Thomas, really strong play from the centre forward to turn Anthony Dixdale, burst into the penalty area and fire through Dylan Phillips' legs, I think. And that's one all. Yeah, it's disappointing for Charlton they've conceded in that manner after playing so well what for good part of the well the majority of the first half and a little bit of the second half as well so far but Oxford just showing that little bit of pace going forward Thomas breaking clear of, of Dickstill as he said Tom I thought Dickstill was going to bring down Wes Thomas instead the striker manages to poke it behind Dylan Phillips and Oxford a level Perhaps against the runner play. A few minutes to close out the game, but there is the final whistle. We do indeed go to penalties here at the Valley in this checker trade third round clash between Cholm and Oxford. Johnny Jackson be the first to step up for the Addicts. Left footed referee gives him the signal. Jackson steps up, oh. saved by Shearer. It'll be Alex Mert to take the first for Oxford. Left footed as well. Mert steps up, goes. That's a lovely penalty. It's above Dylan Phillips who dived to his left, but just steps up, given the signal by the referee, John Obika for Oxford and it's a calm penalty just delayed his run up allows Phillips to dive first and put it the other way Navadidi steps up and now he can't as Shearer dives down to his right and keeps that one out again it wasn't the best penalty Fairchild steps up and blazes over and Oxford have the chance now (laughs) have the chance now to go into Right footed steps up and it's saved by Dylan Phillips. Charles still in this. in it for a little bit longer. up. Boxer Dylan Phillips low crouching down to begin with. Referee gives the signal. Metti stands up and fires oh. home. And Oxford are through to the third round of the Checker Trade. Charlton's Wembley dream is over. Genuinely, I 
genuinely sounded really dejected there, Tom. I'm sorry, sorry for uh, for our defeat for you. I was by then. At the start of the game, I didn't care. But you get invested, don't you? And suddenly, yeah. when it comes, penalties are always exciting. And then when you're like, oh, we're only a couple of games from Wembley. So then I actually was gutted when we went out. Yeah, only one game from Stamford Bridge, it, it turned out. Yeah. I mean, just, just quickly on the performance, I thought, I mean, Carlos' goal was lovely. I thought, you know, we tried something a bit different with three at the back mm. in, uh, throughout the game. I thought that first half, we looked all right, to be fair. Yeah, it was, uh, it was actually a really enjoyable game. Um, an experimental lineup as well. Um, and as you say, formation, I thought it worked well. Uh, Oxford didn't put us under too much pressure in the first half. Um, but I think usually in in league games we've seen De Silva and usually our right back get forward a lot um, and be exposed Uh, and this formation with Marshall and De Silva playing wing backs with that extra player at the back it it gave us a bit more cover so when Oxford did break we had an extra man there and I thought they also having the the extra men up front kind of made Oxford's defence focus on them and again gave De Silva and Marshall a lot of space so Marshall had one of his better games I mean De Silva's pretty class anyway but um, yeah that first half we were good second half Oxford likes of Ledson and uh, Mowat in the middle kind of took control of the game obviously got back in it through that Wes Thomas goal and yeah we, we tired a little bit in that second half but overall I think a good performance the, the main issue obviously was the injury to Hearn Grant which uh, yeah. I hope is not too yeah, serious it sounds like it was more of a precaution than anything which we thought still, on the night yeah, still his hamstring though and you, you can never be too sure with those yeah. but he did score an absolutely lovely goal didn't he like Fourth goal of the season now for, for young Carlin. Yeah, and I, again, when he was on the pitch, I thought he was playing really well. Um, a little mention to Hackett Fairchild as well, when he came on for him, played well as well. But um, yeah, as I said in the commentary, it was similar-ish to Mavadidi's goal in that he started out on the left and, and cut in and fired it. But rather than just firing it along the floor to the near post, he struck it hard right across Shearer and into the far corner and keeper had no chance. And I think a few people have said it now. You, you know, I've been a, a big defender of McGuinness, but... Hohen Grant's staking his claim to play more matches because he's scoring goals. He looks a bit more, a bit more clinical. I mean, obviously he had that miss at the weekend that perhaps he should have scored. But you know, for for a young guy, he's coming on. You know, every week that goes past, he's looking better. So, yeah, you know, obviously we don't want McGuinness to get injured, but there's every every chance we could rest him one week and try Hohen Grant up there. Uh, right, uh, Tony tweets in, no one can blame Ricky Holmes for wanting to leave. If I was a player under the current ownership, an ownership with no ambition and that doesn't care, I would probably want to leave as well. And then uh, Garmy uh, Mark uh, tweets in saying, uh, should change the Cashy song from Never Gives the Ball Away to Always Gives the Ball Away. Uh, right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live, the Big Match Preview. When we come back, we will look ahead to uh, Saturday's game up at Berry. <laughs> Chip ball, looking for the run of Fossu, who's onside Fossu, edge of the penalty area, can he get a shot away? He can and it's the opening goal! Tariq Fossu sprung the offside trap, gets his second goal of the season and Charlton's first of the evening and they're 1-0 up here at the Banksy Stadium. header out it came to Romadal who's clear of Heggenbottom and still going Dennis Romadal oh immaculate finish and Charlton have a lead 
inside the cup ties first quarter hour. Brunton swing up. Cochrane's up. Higginbottom's up. Wednesday are level. They were only behind for three minutes. It's Paul Higginbottom. It's 1-1. See Holland again. And now Hughes, who slipped in Holland, who never stopped moving and scored a really terrific goal. Involved at three separate moments in the move. Matty Holland was there to finish the move off. By Powell, Bartlett didn't make contact first time, but he's sought to put in Holland. And Holland has stolen it from Burton O'Brien. And here is Bent, and here is Robidoux, and Charlton are 3-1 to the good in the moments leading up to half-time at Hillsborough. Brunt, space out of which to deliver. It's Kors header. The riders sit away, only as far as Heggenbottom! The tie's alive again! It's Paul Heggenbottom again, it's 2-3, and there's half an hour still to play. back for a Charlton and Ambrose has hit it long and Bent is onside here and Darren Bent can finish it job done they've been taken close to the wire by their championship hosts but Charlton have finally eased away Darren Bent 4-2 into the last couple of minutes There we go. Wish we were there. It takes us back to the 7th of January 2006. A 4-2 FA Cup win over Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough. Before I do that, just to annoy Katrine. <laughs> uh, you lost. Uh, right, time to look ahead. Uh, difficult game up at Berry on uh, on Saturday. They're all difficult these days, unfortunately, for us. Uh, this is what Carl Robinson had to say looking ahead to the, uh, the clash up at Gig Lane. With all that's going on, how difficult has it been for you and the players to maintain focus on Saturday's match at Berry? Uh, no, that's that's no excuse. That's no excuse. It's eleven men, and he's eleven men at the end of the day. Um, but they're starting to bring in players already. Barry. So, and we're challenging for promotion. And people are saying, "What well, they're fifteen points adrift, is it? They're thereabouts, and they're bringing the players." But we brought in Steffi, which is tremendous too for us. You see him just on Tuesday night when he came on the pitch, he made a difference. So he's a top player and he's a... We look forward to the challenge. We travel up tomorrow in, in full of a good performance on Tuesday. Great win on Saturday. And we're looking to get another three pointers on this weekend. And we're always talking about injuries. Is there an update on the injury situation? Are players available to you on Saturday and no. previously? Right now we've only got 16 players fit to travel. So we're too short to the bench. And just with Pat, uh, was he rested or, or injured on Tuesday? Rested. So he's he's against yeah. Saturday. And just with Saturday, with, with, with Barry, I think I think I was reading before they've lost their last seven in all competitions mm. and recently. Um, when you go to a team that's kind of battling the last spot on the table, how do you kind of approach that? Well, well, you know it's going to be if they get off to a good start, then them seven games become of no effect. But once you compound things then it becomes a negative impact on, on them and they start recalling and then it's a hard place, sometimes hard to play in at home. Um, the Berry fans are always very honest with their team 
and uh, I know their owner very, very well. Um, he's tried everything he possibly can. So they'll feel that they can do something to try and get a result. But we have to make sure that we're strong. We're in a difficult moment as well, but for completely different reasons. There's Carl looking ahead to Saturday's game with a, a, strugg- a very struggling Berry side up at Gig Lane. We've got some stats here. So they've lost their last seven in all competitions, uh, including a 3-2 checker trade defeat during a week to Fleetwood. Uh, they haven't scored a league goal in their last seven games. So they've got no league goal in 664 minutes of football. Uh, I think that takes them back to November, possibly, or yeah, a long time. Uh, but our, our record against Berry is actually surprisingly bad. We've only beaten them once in our last 12 attempts since 1968. So, all to play for. Who, who's that? Who's that? Is that when Dale Stevens scored? Was that the last yeah, one? Yeah, Dale Stevens and Jacko scored. Uh, yeah. 2 1. Oh, yeah, yeah. 2 1. So, that's the uh, uh, only time we've beaten them since 1968. So, I mean, I mean, you go into a team so low on confidence, and even with all our problems <laughs> at the moment, surely, <laughs> surely you've got to expect that we're going to do something there. There's, yeah, we have to win it. We'll still go one nil down after five minutes. Yeah, uh, guaranteed. Yeah. I think we're all convinced that they're going to finally <laughs> score. But yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, they're bottom of the league for a reason. Uh, and you look at that run. There, there is no reason we shouldn't go there and get a result. But um, yeah, I mean it's Charlton, isn't it? So <laughs> anything could happen. But yeah. even with our half fit squad, I would expect us to go there and get points. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, do you think it'd be tempted to try that free at the back that we saw on on Tuesday? I would. Yeah, I would because I, I saw it work, and I think you look at the personnel we had in there. Like I say, Jacko had to play um, left of the three, and Jick Steele obviously very young and inexperienced playing right of the three. So mm-hmm. you throw Barrow in one of those two positions. Um, met, I don't know if we've got any other centre backs that are fit, but even just him in there as a an actual centre back as opposed to Jacko, who, who actually did a very good job at, on uh, Tuesday night, I think. Yeah, why not? Will Marshall be able to do that right wing back role for ninety minutes though? Yeah. Well, so then you'd have to put Jick still out there, wouldn't you? I mean, mm. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see. I like that formation, but yeah. if you've got the players. And uh, what you, uh, possible rotation in the midfield? Do you think we'll see Reeves? Do you think we'll see Rebo? Mm. It's hard to say really. There isn't that much room for manoeuvre with with our team at the moment. No, and I think because of you've just kind of got that three in the middle. Um, I probably wouldn't expect Reeves to come in. Um, it depends if Carlin's fit as well. If mm. Carlin can't play at the weekend, then I think maybe he will. Obviously, Ricky will come back into the starting lineup. You'd think probably Mavadidi um, if he keeps McGuinness up front. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, Give George a go. Bottom of the table. I don't know. The problem he struggled a bit, didn't he, against Blackpool? Mm. But then he he came on the other night. I was really pleased for him because not only did he come on, but he got some early touches on the ball and did, yeah. and did a lot better. And it was so unfair to throw him in against Blackpool because we were struggling as it was. We were kind of pinned back, um, so I don't blame him for that at all. But uh, yeah, he played really well the other night. Um, I, I think he might make the bench again, especially yeah. as Carl says, because we're struggling for numbers. And so. then up top, I mean, we don't know what what situation Carlin's <laughs> going to be in after after he was pulled off. I mean, but did you think? I mean, McGuinness, we persist with McGuinness does Carlin get the chance if he's fit? Does Rico Hackett Fairchild even get the chance if he's fit? Yeah, I think you've you've got to play your senior striker, haven't you? Really, unless he's really struggling for fitness. But yeah, uh, yeah, you, 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 we'll have to give him a go, but. Rico off the bench maybe I can't see Harlan, Carlin he went for a scan today didn't he or yesterday yeah so I can't see him being too I can't see him making the bench but I could be wrong but I, can't, I, I think you can only play Josh really I think it's mm. even though they are bottom we still got to be quite respectful that we're not exactly firing on all yeah. cylinders yeah. Ah. 
uh, walk up and like just say, yeah, <laughs> give so us a three points, please. But we done that. We done that last year when we yeah, had a Jose and we lost. Season, we got absolutely battered. We didn't turn yeah. up because we all thought we was going to win. I think if we're playing that three at the back, you then play Cashy as the holding in front of them. Um, you play Marshall and De Silva out wide, and then you play two up mm. front, don't you? So maybe McGuinness and Hackett Fairchild, and then uh, probably Mavadili and Holmes. Yeah. Like, Louis Mendes on the bench. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a lot of pace and flair. I'm slightly injured. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fair, fond memories of that first day of the season against Barry Larson. It certainly set the tone for the rest of the year, didn't it? Especially uh, post match. Yeah, yeah. Defeat. Uh, Roger Johnson having a word. Uh, yeah, that was lovely, lovely old job. Right, we haven't sorted out a cashy back bet yeah. yet. But if you just quickly explain what the vote's going to be. Well, we've. Uh, We've all come to agreement that it'll be two one, but we've got four goals. Yeah, two one to Charlton because <laughs> we think they will score. Um, but it'll be four goal scorers, so just vote and then we'll put it on that. And and then Jacko obviously mucked out for us last week with yeah, the last. So minute. close. We had two 0 and, and Mavadidi, and he got the first goal, and we had a few chances right at the end to make it two 0 Right. So let's have some predictions for uh, this uh, this week's game up at Berry Top. Uh, well, I did say I think it'll be two two one, but I'll go three nil Charlton. Three nil Charlton. Dave. One one. One one. Yeah, seven nil. <laughs> Good. And uh, Barry's Barry's winless, uh, goalless run extends to six hundred and sixty-four minutes plus ninety. <laughs> Shall I just do the cashy back at seven nil? <laughs> yeah, well, it's got to win. It's got to win at some point. Uh, right, this uh, pretty much all we have time for on tonight's uh, Charlton Live. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens uh, against Barry. On, uh, on Saturday so just a thank you to Rick Everett who joined us on the phone earlier on uh, in the show uh, to give us the latest on the takeover and of course to pay uh, tribute to Craig Norris as well who sadly passed away uh, during the week uh, Tom thank you for joining us here on Channel Live I've been Louis Mendes Nathan you've been you I should probably say you as well oh cheers thanks mate yeah cheers Nathan uh, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for the lift home that I'm probably about to be denied after that <laughs> <laughs> ta-da <laughs> yeah right this has been Channel Live the Big Match Preview hope you enjoyed it uh, like I say, we'll be back on Sunday. Let's hope that the club's been taken over before then. Probably won't be. Uh, let's hope that we get three points, maybe, and that Barry don't score. They're definitely scoring. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 